On the eighth day of Star Wars, George Lucas gave to me Eight Ewoks dying, seven edits shooting, six Tusken Raiders, five Death Star plans, four heisting crews, three dismembered limbs, two awkward dialogues, and a really shitty prequel movie. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 8 of our 12 days of Star Wars special. Today we're going to be covering Return of the Jedi. Now this was my most favorite movie of all time when I was a kid, but looking back at it now, I realize that it's it's pretty flawed. I mean there's still a lot of good in it. Anyways, we'll get into that soon. Also, I am doing my best to edit these episodes as early as possible. It is quite a burden on the mind to edit podcast episodes non-stop back to back to back, so I'm trying to take it a little bit easier and do it every day or so. Thank you for your patience, and without further ado, welcome to episode 8 on Return of the Jedi. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 8 of our 12 Days of Star Wars special. Today we're going to be covering Return of the Jedi. Merry Christmas by the way everyone. Me and Barry here are recording a lot of episodes on Christmas Eve through Christmas Day because uh, of the butt known as Isaiah. Thanks Isaiah. <laughs> Once again. Thanks you butt. Yeah, thanks you butt. Out drinking with his buddies right now. God dang it. <laughs> Alright Barry, why don't you take us away? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember Return of the Jedi was my favorite movie as a kid. When Me I too. And I watched this, and I'm like, this is the best movie ever. And I came back to it a few years later, I'm like, this is pretty good. And now I'm coming back to it as an adult, I'm like, wow. Wow, I forgot how kind of crappy a lot of this stuff was. Yep. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> think it's a, I don't think it's a bad movie, but it definitely took a step back. Yeah. And that's because George Lucas took a lot more creative control of this movie. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Sam? Uh, I thought it was a crappy movie. Again, it's not a bad movie, but like the bad parts are so bad. It's baffling where you had these two lovely movies focusing on the characters and their struggles and you know individuals and family and good versus evil. And all of a sudden, you got... Freaking Ewoks. You got a freaking uh, a trash robot, trash can robot that's upside down being branded and somehow we're supposed to be scared. It's just really stupid. There's a lot of stupid stuff. That said, uh, if you take that stuff out, I think the the core of the movie is still excellent in that it's Luke's final struggle, his final journey to be a hero. And in order to do that, he has to face his weakness which is facing Darth Vader. It's great because his goodness is purity shines through in this movie where he wants to save Vader. He can't strike down his own father. And, uh, you know, that famous line, his compassion for you will be his undoing. And that's uh, that sums it up. And then Vader's compassion for Luke shows up. And it's a really touching moment where Luke is dragging off Darth Vader. It's like, I want to save you, Dad, right? And it's like, you already have, Luke. You already have. And I was like, oh, he got me. He got me there. Now, if it wasn't for the dumb Ewoks, <laughs> it would have been a lot better. But yeah, that, that sums up my thoughts there. It's, it's a movie about, it's a father-son movie. It's about family. It's about family. This one's actually about family. 
And I really like how Palpatine is so smart. He's so good where he's such a troll when he brings Lucas before him. And he starts calling him my young apprentice as if you, Luke already turned. Excellent. Well played, Palpatine. Not only that, he has a window and he's showing the battle raging and the good guys are losing. And he's like, look, your friends are going to die if you don't turn. And then finally he pokes him. He's like, if you won't do it, maybe Leia will. And then that's when he's like, no. And then he starts fighting. And I don't know, Palpatine is such a manipulative character. He's a troll, but he's a mastermind. And he represents all that's evil in, in the world and in ourselves. Like, he's not an actual character. He just represents all that's evil. He's a dark space wizard. Dark space wizard, yeah. <laughs> Casting lightning bolt. I just want to say that uh, he does the same thing in Rise of Skywalker, but again, it it's, doesn't have the same impact or weight. But yeah, like it's it's really good. Uh, I want to go over the stupid stuff because it makes me angry. But back to you, Barry. <laughs> Once again, I will introduce the background as to how this movie got made. Star Wars, massive commercial success. Empire, massive commercial success. So he's riding pretty high. Again, he's bringing in more money to continue work on a Skywalker ranch. And again, he's bringing in a director and a writer. Brings back Lawrence Kasdan, but... Interesting note, after Empire Strikes Back, the Screen Actors Guild fined him uh, like half a million dollars for improper use of credits because really? I believe at the time you were required to have front-running credits and, and uh, after-movie credits. Like an executive of Fox resigned over it. So, wow. And then Lucas was like, oh, I hate you guys. And so he paid, all, paid away all the fines and then immediately left, left the guild, uh, left the director's guild, left the actor's guild. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to do my own shit. So <laughs> he's no longer allowed to work with any of the people in the guild as a consequence, uh, which means his first choice to direct Return of the Jedi suddenly became unavailable, which was Steven Spielberg. <laughs> wow, Spielberg? Yeah, he wanted Spielberg to direct Jedi. Well, that would have been a completely different movie. Yep. <laughs> and that's where that's why he went with the director that he did, because uh, he was not a part of the guild. Wow, the guild is, this guild is stupid. What yeah. is this? Well, then I think as a consequence of the uh, exec at Fox resigning, he also decided to go with a different studio for distribution rights. So the studio shot themselves in the foot, too. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I actually want to support Lucas now because the, the guild sounds like uh, the Trade Federation in the prequels. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty, probably channeling some hate there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so then Lucas is formulating this movie. And he finds his director, brings Lawrence Kasdan back in for, for the writing. Uh, so the writing is still okay, but he has a little bit more time. So he spends, he's starting to spend a lot more time on set. Oh, no. And he, <laughs> he's, he said in multiple interviews that he had a lot more, he had to do a lot more on set stuff for Return, uh, of, the Return of the Jedi. He was a lot more, had a lot more creative influence on set. There's a lot of archive footage where the director is like going through notes. He's like, all right, George, how do you want this? And then George is like, I want it exactly this way. And then he'll just turn around and say the exact same thing to the actress. 
Make him sound evil. <laughs> yeah, make, make him sound really evil. Faster, more intense. Yeah. <laughs> a camera, B camera. Yeah, very famously, that's how George Lucas directs. This is only input. Faster, more intense. Faster, more intense. I imagine that he knows what he wants. He just doesn't know how to externalize it in a way that a human being can understand. Yeah, I bet I bet that's the case as well. He yeah. probably has a very good mental image of how he wants it. Just can't get it across. Yeah, he's he's famously not very communicative on uh, on set. He doesn't talk very much. Mm. And the director's like, "Should we just go? I guess we just go. All right." <laughs> you need a translator. You need a George Lucas translator. That's what you need. Yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, those he had less options to to draw from from the director pool. For this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. So a bit of background. They had money, they had resources, they had people, but they had no access to the director's guild, so they couldn't couldn't bring wow. in his buddy, Steven. They resolved they resolved the their differences later, but uh and then George Exec produced another little film you might have heard of called Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they, they figured it out later, but uh for Return of the Jedi at least, he, he had to go with a non guild director. Did they use Harrison Ford because of Star Wars and their connections? Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah, okay. They, they did. That's exactly why he got that role. What about uh, Mark Hamill? How come he didn't, his acting career didn't blow up after that? Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. Like, Harrison Ford is the one that came out of the, these movies with the most success. Yeah. I mean, Mark Hamill did a lot of voice acting. I mean, he is the Joker, so I appreciate that, but... It would have been nice to see more of Mark on, on screen. Yeah, I mean, they've all done work, other work, but... Oh, God, I'm watching the special edition. Oh, God, the alien singer lady. Oh, God. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> oh, it makes me angry. It makes me angry. It makes me so angry. Oh, the, the lady with the six boobs, too. Why? <laughs> she was originally in there. Yeah, she was originally in there. I know. That just makes me so angry. Oh, okay, anyways, sorry, what were we talking about? I got distracted by my anger. The hate was flowing through me very strong. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm just going to just gotta let it go. just got to let it go. Anyway, yeah, so, so that's, that's a, background about, a little bit of background about how this movie was made. And frankly, I, I suspect that George Lucas forgot that he had been building a love triangle, uh, which is why Leia became Luke's sister. <laughs> Mm, he was like, okay. oh shit, uh, they're, they're siblings, there. <laughs> <laughs> Can't fuck now. <laughs> <laughs> got him. <laughs> God, got him, yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we gotta talk about the Ewoks. No, please, they're so bad. Oh, well, okay, we'll, we'll come back to it, we'll come back to it. The opening okay. act is rescuing Han. It's a heist. It's a heist. Yeah, it's a heist. Featuring double crosses, triple crosses. Triple crosses, quadruple crosses. <laughs> surprise, surprise, it's Lando in disguise. Even though you can clearly see <laughs> You can see him. You can, his face is barely covered. Are we supposed to be surprised here? <laughs> like, I guess. I don't know. It felt very disjointed. Like there wasn't an actual plan. It felt like Leia went in by herself with Chewie. And she done goofed, and then for some odd reason, Luke sent in R2 and C3PO by themselves. 
and uh, they could have been destroyed. Like, there's no guarantee that they would be alive, or like R2 would be in a place to shoot the lightsaber at him. And like, I don't know how Lando got there. It doesn't explain that. It's just this entire sequence felt really disjointed. Not only that, there's a lot of annoying like extra busy things happening on the screen like the little annoying bird creature that just laughs it's so annoying i hated it when i was a kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like pecking c3po's eye out i loved the little bird thing i hated it the weird looking um alien singer lady in the very beginning with the blue elephant playing drums like their crappy blue elephant looks like something out of a a cocaine fueled dream, <laughs> like because everything is fueled by cocaine. Yeah, right. everything's fueled by cocaine. It just everything in this part, it was bad. It wasn't what I was used to in Star Wars. Like it looks nice if you don't pay attention. It looks busy. It looks it, there's a lot of things distracting you, but but nothing is established with this scene. There's it's very little. There's part where you know Leia takes her mask off and she came back for Han. Like all right, you you. You develop a little bit of their relationship there so little and then when luke comes in you establish that he is confident now he's a jedi master i mean he's a jedi knight at this point <laughs> he's confident he knows what he's doing he learned the mind tricks he can control people's minds now he force chokes a bitch <laughs> yeah force chokes exactly you can establish that they should have cut to that first they should have done it with luke entering as a jedi knight and just like using his force powers. I'm like, oh my god, Luke is a badass now. They should have done that instead of weird bird creature laughing at your face. I don't know. I mean, what did you think, Barry? Like, I, am I the only one hating like what they're doing to the movie? Uh, this is the intro. This is the intro. This is what they start with. To an extent, it's definitely a little bit sloppy, but it's, it's, it's all right. Really? They, uh. they need to. They need to deal with the fact that they froze hot in carbonite. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they do. They do. But like, I, I hated the stuff they added in on top of it. Yeah, I mean, the whole heist thing is a little bit whatever. It's cool though. It's cool. It's memorable and yeah. it's still exciting because you're you're seeing the characters come back together after where they were at the end of the the last true, movie. True. True. So coming coming from Empire, you're like, oh my gosh, how are they gonna save Han? Ha uh, heist. <laughs> Luke was super injured. Yeah, like Luke was like one handed and mm-hmm. Billy D. Williams was like, I'm gonna go find Han and Leia's like, You fucking better <laughs> I wanna talk a bit about Jabba the Hut. Mm, okay. Jabba the Hut was a giant prosthetic monstrosity that was puppeted by like like four guys, I think. Four mm, or five okay. guys, and they all had to be inside of him. Ah, wow. That's going to be super hot. Yeah, it was four or five guys and a midget. The midget, like, he, he lived inside the tail, and his job Aww. was to puppet the tail. So that when it's, like, terrible. squiggling around, it's him in there with, like, a little little lit lever, like, wiggling it around. And uh, people kept stepping on him. <laughs> like the, the midget guy? Yeah, they kept stepping on his head. Oh, no. Because, like, uh, especially that, like, that fight on the barge where uh, Leia, like, chokes him out. Mm. Like, she steps on his head so many times. <laughs> and oh, they, had to, they had to cut it. They had to stop, stop filming. And they're, they're like, you're killing our midget. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to build him a little little fortress of foam over his head so people could step on him. 
They're like, wow. oh, this poor guy. <laughs> that sucks. I hope when I hear stories like that, I really hope that they got paid well. I know they didn't. They but absolutely like, did not. <laughs> yeah, they need to pay these guys well, not just the people on screen. Jabba is is this like interesting? Just, it's just a bunch of guys in there. It kind of ruins it when you look back on it. You're like, there's just like five dudes and they're suffering. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's it must be like sweltering in there because I don't see any ventilation. Oh no. It's a giant rubber suit. It's complete misery. <laughs> wow. Because recently I learned that superhero suits are extremely hot and they need to wear like a layer of... Uh, cool suit? Yeah, like a cool suit underneath because like you sweat nonstop under that thing. Yeah. So I can't imagine what it's like for five guys being stuck in a giant basically bag. <laughs> that means that someone's <laughs> puppeteering his tongue too, right? The part where he just sticks it out. Yeah, there's one guy in each arm. Uh, there's a guy puppeting like the eyes uh, and tongue, and then wow. there's the guy in the tail. Holy cow! Yeah, it it's, looks great though. Like he looks yeah. real. He looks really disgusting. Yeah. It's awesome. It's gross. <laughs> it's so gross. Also, like uh, slave slave suit Leia is. Uh, I mean, that was pretty hot, but like it also felt a little weird in that characters really weren't sexualized. In the previous movies, and then and then bam, <laughs> wow, it's like, wow. wow! It's like thirteen-year-old me is like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when I was watching. I was young. I was like, wow, I I'm starting to feel things. <laughs> why pee pee hard? Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, if I had custom subtitles, that would be it. Why pee pee hard? <laughs> And it would be letters Y, P, P, and then hard. <laughs> I mean, you have a good point. It was establishing characters being brought together and all of that. But I personally didn't like it because it was starting to focus on the things that weren't important in Star Wars. And it, it wasn't just the beginning. I saw it later on. And if you want to jump to the Ewoks real quick, because I think it's a little related. At least for me, um, I really didn't like it because... There's an entire scene where Leia meets an Ewok, and they spend so much time. Oh, on they that. spend so much time. They spend so much time, and I don't care about these Ewoks. They do this in every single movie where they show baby aliens. They do it in Rise of Skywalker, as if I care. I don't, and it's not because I equate them with babies. If they're actual babies, I would care. They're like alien babies, and they don't develop them as characters. Like, am I supposed to? Be connected with them because they're automatically because they're they're babies. Like that's not how it works. You have to give us a reason for us to care about the characters, and they don't do that. They just they try to cheat it by saying, "Oh, look, here's a baby," and like it doesn't work in Last Jedi too when they do with the alien horses because they just introduce these these animals and they're like you should care about them. And like I I don't. There's no reason. I I don't know. Like Ewoks are stupid. <laughs> I have some sympathy here because yeah. that's Warwick Davis, the main the main Ewok that you, that we meet first is Warwick Davis, mm, okay. and uh, the story goes that they did casting call in London. They needed a bunch of little people for the Ewoks, and Warwick Davis, who by the way was eight at the time, eight years old. He was eight years old. Wow, uh, got the part along with a bunch of others, and he's he's eight. <laughs> he's freaking eight. <laughs> Why well, he did a great job. You're like, heck yeah, I'm going to be in Star Wars. And he was not supposed to play this Ewok. He was just supposed to be Ewok number 43 in the background. 
And he became the main Ewa? Yeah, the guy that was supposed to play him was the same guy doing R2-D2. Mm, okay. And uh, the day they were filming it, he had horrific, horrific food poisoning. And oh, <laughs> no. was in bed. So they're like, well, the show must go on. Uh, you. <laughs> Eight-year-old child. <laughs> Eight-year-old child. You now Wait, have a major that, part that, in this movie. The main Ewok is an eight-year-old kid? Yes, it's wow. eight-year-old Warwick Davis, dude. He Can did you imagine? a really good job. Yeah, he did great. This is better than the guy who played Anakin in the prequels. <laughs> I have some sympathy for it. I still don't like it, but I'm like, yeah, if I were eight-year-old right, right. Warwick yeah, Davis, okay, okay, yeah. I'd be like, I don't care. I'm in Star Wars and I'm eight. <laughs> if you put it that way, like I'm not, I'm not hating it. It's more like it's unnecessary. I don't care about the Ewoks. I wish they actually developed them as characters and gave us a reason for us to care about the Ewoks, which they really don't do a lot of. I mean, they try to do with the main Ewok, but again, they missed the mark so many times. It's kind of like reminding me of the prequels and the newer trilogy where. There's just a lot more action. There's a lot of things going on, but I don't care because you're not developing characters at all. You're not letting it breathe. You're not giving us a reason. You're not showing us who these Ewoks are and why we should care. You're just showing us baby Ewoks for some reason. (laughs) You're showing us that Ewoks eat people. By the way, people are not remembering this, but when they capture Han, they're going to sacrifice him and eat him as a sac- uh, as a celebration. They eat people. So in the end scene, when they're playing on the stormtrooper helmets, I just imagined that they ate, ate all them. of the dead stormtroopers. Ate them. They ate them. It's <laughs> an important source of protein. Yeah, it is. Like they don't show them eating anything else, guys. They eat people. Ewoks <laughs> eat people. <laughs> oh man. Ah. Uh. I don't know, uh, and then they worship C-3PO as a god, and I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. If anyone thinks of C-3PO as a god, you are automatically a loser to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, in, a very early, in a very early version of the script, uh, they were going to be on Kashyyyk. And yeah, I remember you w- told me. Wookies. The Wookiees, that would have been so much better. It would have been way better, but yeah. Lucas is like, yeah, we got to get make toys for kids. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> But one thing I I did like, though, okay, the reason why I I kind of, if, again, like, for me, if I was editing this movie, I would cut out a lot of the Ewok stuff, like, the scene where they're, C-3PO is telling the story and all of that, and, like, it doesn't attach me to any of the characters at all. It's just trying to force a feeling on me, but, like, I like how the Emperor foresaw the future. He would have won if it wasn't for the Ewoks, so it's kind of like this you overlooked these little furry creatures because you thought they were insignificant. But because you did, uh, they banded together and they, they won. They overthrew you. It's kind of like victory achieved through teamwork with just common people. Or like even like Ewoks can't really do much. They're like trying to... Uh, there's the one scene with the, um, the ATST, the, the, the mini ones, and they, they try to drag it or stop it with the rope, but they just end up being dragged. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's so dumb, but like they're so weak and pathetic. But they overcame like stormtroopers and all of these vehicles were using primitive tools, and they helped. They they're the reason why the rebels won. 
I like how they shot them with bow and arrow. Yes. Uh, and, it, and it goes through their armor. Yeah. Like, Why are you wearing this armor? It's useless. <laughs> it's useless. It doesn't stop blasting. It can't balls. stop anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool. <laughs> what is the... It's just, like, uncomfortable. Uh, you can't see out of it either. Like... <sighs> I don't know. You it's, got a point there. Vampire it's so worthless. It makes <laughs> this movie made the last two movies worse. Yeah, it did. They're like, oh no, it can't yeah. even stop a bow and arrow. Not only does it look like plastic, it's actually <laughs> like plastic. They get like uh, they got hit by rocks and they're going down too. It's all like, there's no use as armor. <laughs> I mean, I, I would. Rocks are more convincing to me than losing to like a crappy little like it's not even like a longbow. It's like a shitty like little one foot bow. It's like a pebble. It's they it's put like, a pebble on the stick. Yeah, just go straight through their armor. Like ah. Ah. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, yeah, the speeder scene, which is awesome. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah. How they filmed that is they took a Steadicam, and they just walked it through the forest. Filming at like one frame per, one frame per second. Oh, and then they speed it up. And then they just played it back at twenty four. Hmm. Okay. I was wondering how they did that because it looked fantastic. It looks great, right? Yeah. You're like it looks holy great. crap! How does anybody keep track of this? It's just a, it's just a guy with a Steadicam walking through the woods, mm. uh, recording at one FPS. I gotta, I got, I gotta try that now. Yeah, it's it's a really cool little technique, and it worked great. I mean. <sighs> Yeah, I, I people can do that with phones nowadays, but yeah, yeah. You question you question how anybody can react to anything because I remember playing a video game where you're flying one of those speeders through the woods, and I died so many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like tree die, tree die, tree die. That's like how the, the sword part in Battletoads. It's so hard. There's like speeder bikes, and it's just it's really hard. No, I, can't. I, I didn't play Battletoads, but. I remember that part distinctly. I died so many times. Mm. They come at you so fast. But and then one of the Ewoks rides one later on, and it's so dumb. Yeah, it's so dumb. Everything's so dumb. Ah, This is the downfall of Star Wars. I think it started here, to be honest. like You, you see where Lucas wants to take Star Wars, and you're like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. no but, and then oh, he had no. 30 years to stew on it. Yeah. And then it just kind of came out in the prequels. And that's it. Like, I, I want George Lucas to make more movies. Like, eventually, one of them will be good or great. Uh, not yeah. every movie you make is going to be a masterpiece. But yeah, I want Lucas to come back. Come back, Lucas. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. I think that. <laughs> I th- again, he's got cool ideas, but he needs yeah. he needs to give up some control to people, and I think uh, yeah, he's he categorically un- un- incapable of it. He sold all of Star Wars, assuming assuming that he would still have creative input. That's how egotistical he is. Wow. <laughs> he's like, I gave, I sold them Star Wars, and I gave them a script treatment, and was assured that they were, they assured me they were going to use it, and then they didn't. <laughs> he's like so bitter about it. I'm like. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a dick move, but they just bought Slowers from you for four billion dollars. They can do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> it's theirs now. Congratulations. It's sad, yeah. but I mean, yeah. Here's a question: What do you think is worse, the Ewoks or the Gungans? Ooh. Oh, that's oh, a tough question. Oh, that's right? a tough one. Oh no. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh no. <laughs> 
Oh wasn't man, ready for that one, huh? I wasn't ready. Um, oh man, I I hate Jar Jar so much more. Like, I don't care about the Gungans <laughs> themselves; they're okay. But the fact that Jar Jar exists fuels my hatred for for that for their whole race. For their whole race, just one individual ruined the race for me. Uh, like if Jar Jar didn't exist, I would say the Gungans are better because like you just see the stupid bass guy and then they're off. Like you just see them, you see their cool village, they're in a spaceship and then they're off, and that's it. That's that's pretty much it. And they come in at the very end with these weird creatures and shield generators and all of that, and you don't really interact with them. But in Return of the Jedi, they're there for so long, and just just constantly on every scene, they're just doing things that you don't. Like, it doesn't build anything. That's why I had a problem. I don't have the problem with Ewoks themselves. I don't have the problem with Ewoks eating people. That makes sense to me, you know? Like, you gotta eat something, right? (laughs) But, like, at least build them as characters. Like, show us why we should care about them. Show us where the Empire is abusing these Ewoks and they're just trying to live their life there. I just want a little bit. You know, just give me a reason to care. Well, what about that part where the the Ewok gets shot and there's a little Ewok? partner's like oh no i didn't care at all i was just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can't force emotion like that you can't just sh- show us a sad scene and then be like you should be sad right now it's like no like we're sad because we care about the characters and then when sad things happen then we're sad you can't just show us a sad scene and be like we're sad also c3 3PO is not a god. If Ewoks worship 3PO, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. You're dead to me, Ewoks. I don't know. The thing I disliked most about this movie, yeah. the Ewoks were definitely a problem, but the thing I disliked most is that, uh, and it's a problem that the sequel trilogy had as well, is that they take characters that you love and then they just don't spend any time with each other because Luke is off doing his own thing and then yep. uh, the crew is off doing their own thing. Like, they split apart, they spend, like, like half a minute together at the beginning. And they're not even all mm. together for the Han Heist thing. They only get together, like, for the fast, last little action se- sequence in, the, in Act 1. And then they split apart, and that's it. That's it, yeah. <laughs> they split back like, apart. There's no room to breathe, there's no character development, there's no... Like, they spend so much time on this scene where 3PO's telling the story of Luke surrounded by Ewoks and we're supposed to care because there's baby Ewoks. I'm like, please, just stop this nonsense. You're focusing on the wrong things. And this is where I see the prequels being born. The, the problems that I see in the prequels are the problems that Return of the Jedi are exhibiting. It's hard to notice because there's still a lot of good stuff here. If you cut the Ewok stuff out, you focus on Luke's struggle, his fight with Darth Vader. It's really good because the the way that Palpatine gets him to turn a little bit when he cuts his his dad's hand off and he realizes that they're the same and that he would rather die and like oh man the part where the Emperor is like killing him and he's like looking at, at Vader and it's like please dad help right I was like oh that's man I I don't know it that was good all the throne room stuff all the stuff with Emperor yeah. Vader that's great. It's a pity that the rest of Han and Balea don't really have that much to do in this film. <laughs> they don't. They had, there's a lot of action sequences, right? Like that's this is where the problems start. Like they focus on the action more. 
They focus on unnecessary characters like the Ewoks. Unnecessary time spent on scenes where really nothing of importance happens. Um, also, I, I was mistaken. I thought this scene where Vader was sad was in Empire Strikes Back. It's in Return of the Jedi where Luke is talking to Vader. And then, um, oh man, it's, the dialogue is so good. It's too late for me, son. And you can see, you can feel sadness and regret through the voice. James Earl Jones did a fantastic job there. And then, like, Luke says, then my father is truly dead. And then at that moment, Vader looks really sad. <laughs> like, super sad. And you, like, feel empathy for this main villain. I think that's what the prequel should have been about. It should have focused on Anakin. What caused Anakin to hate so much? To turn to the dark side. It shouldn't be sand or sand people. (laughs) That shouldn't have been the thing. (laughs) I hate sand. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them, man. (laughs) That was... (laughs) I killed them. And not just the man. The the woman. (laughs) Is there anything you liked, Barry? Other than the throne room scene? I like the heist stuff. I like like all the time... Like, anytime the characters are together, it's pretty great. Yeah. The space battle's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Space battle's pretty nice. I'm a sucker for a space battle. I am, Give you yeah. someone here. It's a trap! It's a trap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. <laughs> uh, of all the one-liners, they came from behind, and it's a trap. <laughs> oh, let the hate flow through you. Oh, man. It's so quotable. Yeah, it's so quotable. I like the fact that Luke has his own lightsaber, a, a thing that the entire sequel trilogy completely forgot about. Yeah. It's still out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. It was really weird because uh, Luke's lightsaber got destroyed in yeah, Last Jedi. Yeah, it got in half. Yeah, it got split in half, so did they it glue back. it back together? or It's, it's completely... There's not even a seam. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. It's completely fine. That's Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams saying, F you, Ryan Johnson, and then I'm going to ignore everything you did. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, back to Return of the Jedi. I mean, I, I still like this film. It certainly I, has yeah. more flaws than the other ones, but it's still, Way still more. a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I think it's a great send-off to the original trilogy. That scene at the end, the two scenes, the one where he's burning... Darth Vader. Uh, Vader, Darth Vader's yeah. like armor or whatever that got me, and then like that final shot of uh, the Force Ghosts with yes. uh, Obi Wan and Yoda, and then Hayden Christensen later. No, on no, no, that's a specialized version. That's CGI crap. Nope, nope. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Why did he age backwards? <laughs> right? What? The, what the heck? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it's irritated me less and less over the years, but it's still it doesn't so matter. Dumb. Yeah, it's just dumb. It, like, I get it because, like, oh, you get to see that the Anakin Skywalker has been redeemed and he is in peace now. He, and he's hanging out with Obi-Wan and Yoda and, and, and presumably with you, that they're always going to be with you. And that's why I like that scene. What I did not like was the, all the uh, Ewoks singing and, and partying, and that did not get me at all. You didn't I, like that dumb Ewok song at the end? No, I, I did not. I loved it when I was a kid, and I no, hated I, it. <laughs> I, I hate it. I was not impressed from the beginning, and I, I hate it. I don't hate it. I just don't think it's, it's not important. Just fluff. It's not bad or good in and of itself. It just doesn't, there's no meaning to it. 
that's why I primarily have a problem with these things. It's not necessarily I hate them or think they're bad. It's just they're they have no meaning. You're wasting time in a movie. Time is everything. Yep. Yeah. If it was a TV show, like you can have another episode, you can have another season. But a movie, oh. you got those two hours. That's pretty much it. Oh, this shot. Everything in this shot is Matt, except the the fighter and really the shuttle and the at at. Yeah, that's incredible. All of it's Matt. All of this is Matt. Bob Ross, <laughs> just Bob Ross. And in fact, I believe the entire Death Star here is Matt as well. Really, Inclu- including the scenes where they're flying into and out of hangars, all Matt. Wow. They had the best Matt painters in the world. Working I believe it because it looks real. Like some of it looks real. Yeah, I think it all looks real. It's all incredible. Uh that reminds me. Uh for Blade Runner, there was a note where I forgot something about the the exposure changes the actual coloring of the matte paintings so the artist had to take this into consideration and adjust their color palettes without knowing what it's going to look like so they had to guess how the colors would change and they were able to do that wow i can't just imagine uh the level of skill you need to be a, a matte artist like back in the day just painting this stuff yeah it's it's an incredible art form and it, thankfully they're they're still around Oh, things are still used. I I don't want it to die out at all. Like I think it's something uh, that should be preserved. Yeah, the way the way they dealt with backgrounds and like these enormous set pieces was was to use mats back in the day. It's it's so cool. Luke's lightsaber was so cool. Mm, <laughs> I think I, yeah. I think I had the toy version of it, and it's a pity because <laughs> it no longer that, that no longer exists. Ah, oh. it was gone forever. Would have been worth a lot of money. Yeah, my my friend had uh, uh these really cool ones that were made out of metal. It had like a neon, uh, like a neon wow. tube made made of Lexan, so you could bash them together for the lightsaber part. That's cool. They cost like a million dollars each. <laughs> we would just run around bashing each other with them. They were great. <laughs> I wish lightsabers were real. Um, I mean, you can get. I think you can get them. Get the prop things for like pretty reasonable price now and they're they're a lot of fun to play with and they hurt a lot when people hit you with them <laughs> how much like a 200 dollars will get you one or uh, i don't know i have to look it up again they they were like comically expensive back in the day but i think mm. they've gotten a little bit cheaper okay. now they're 3d printing and stuff is a thing uh yeah 3d printed that star that's the new movie <laughs> Can't believe they made another one. Also, like I didn't like the co-pilot for Lando, the weird alien guy. Oh, the the ridge face guy. Yeah, he has a name that I immediately forget every single time. He's yeah, in the, he's in the new trilogy too. He is, and like he he goes yeah, and like it's not that I don't hate the character. It's that I don't know who he is and why I should care about him. You didn't spend any time with this guy, so you know it's kind of natural to feel this way because. If you meet a stranger, you're not gonna feel immediate connection or care about this person like you general care that you you have for all human beings, right? You want nothing bad to happen to them and stuff. But like, you don't ha- feel any connection at all, like to strangers at all. So like, you need to develop these characters. I that's what I don't understand. Yeah, like, they just threw a bunch of more aliens, yeah, stuff around. It's okay. It's okay. Again, it's not that I hate it or think it's bad. It's more like I think there's no point to it. I think it's kind of meaningless. Like you, 
the time that you spent on screen for that, you could have spent some on something more important, like have uh, you know Han and Leia's relationship develop more, or like spend time on Luke being ever- like I I didn't notice it, but you brought up a good point how they don't spend any time together, the main cast. Like they could spend more time on that. Yeah, they barely spend any time together. Yeah. I mean, they could have filmed that or, like, spent more time on that in- instead of this weird stuff. Yeah, I don't know if there's a lot more to talk about. It's still, yeah. I still enjoy it. It's still fun. It's still the characters we love and lots of nice Star Wars stuff. It's a trap. Dumb Star Wars stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's a trap. That's a trap. <laughs> All right. Okay. Why don't we just move to closing thoughts and, and our rating then? Yeah. Um... It's, it's a movie that's filled with many flaws. This is the beginning of dumb Star Wars shit, like, yeah. you, said, like you mentioned. The Ewoks waste a lot of your time. Cole separating people and putting some, some of them on Forest Moon and Luke on the Death Star because he needs to finish his, have his dramatic scene with the Emperor <laughs> and Darth Vader. They gotta get rid of everyone else. It's, it's not the best, but it's, it's still a fun movie. Yeah. I would probably have to give this Ooh, it's kind of tough. I think I'm going to give it a 7 Suicide mm, okay. Squad. 7 Suicide Squads. More for nostalgia sake than anything. It's yeah. probably closer to a 6. Maybe. I totally agree with that, yeah. How about you, Sam? Yeah, like I like this movie a lot when I was young, but when you go back and watch it again, you kind of realize that it has a lot of problems in the direction it's going, where it's focusing more on action and dumb stuff on screen that look in- that looks interesting and distracts the viewer from what's actually happening. But the redeeming features of, of this film is basically Luke's struggle with Vader like his himself and his father and that stuff is still good it's just unfortunate that it's it's a smaller portion of the film that said i'm gonna give it a seven for the same reason as you Uh, i think it's still a a pretty decent film but because of nostalgia which is extremely powerful i'm rating it a little bit higher than i normally would yeah there we have it anything else before we end here Isaiah's still a butt yeah, Isaiah's still a butt. Uh, delayed our podcast. Now I gotta... I don't think I can get all of them out. I still get need to get a little bit of sleep. <laughs> so, don't worry about it too much. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's end it there. Yeah, Merry Christmas, folks. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. The rest of the holidays, I'm really tired right now. We're recording these episodes back to back to back uh, with little time in between, so we're getting tired. It's currently... Almost 3 a.m. right now. <laughs> uh, so let's end it there. Uh, thank you so much for dropping by. We really do appreciate it. If you want to hit us up with the email, you know you can send us an email at pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Um, that's pretty much it. Catch you guys next time. Thanks for dropping by, guys. Stay pointy. Stay pointy. Ho, 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 ho. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now.
Then my father is truly dead. 